Hi, this is Sean Satan with Passfields Accelerator and Mark Willie, and thanks for tuning in to a special bonus episode of the Passive House Podcast recorded at Fiascon 23 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for their support of the series. And we're lucky to have the final keynote speaker that closed down the conference, Mr. Joe Stiebrook. Now, amazing story that you got to share with us today talking about prefab. Now, Mark and I love prefab and the fact that we're now incorporating Passive House into prefabrication, but we saw some of your amazing pictures from 1981 where you were doing off-site construction. It's pretty amazing details when you're showcasing how wood is good and that the wood is from trees. Want to just give us a little bit of a recap of of those early fawn years of offsite construction? Well, the whole, the whole point was is that, you know, Canada is a disgusting place with only two seasons this winter and last winter. And the idea was is that I would rent a place where we would actually frame seven days a week because it sucked outside and we just simply moved the panels outside during good weather and put them together. It was, we did it not because we believed in off-site construction because it was the most efficient way to build something because it sucked. So when I think of some of your style and leadership, I think of the amazing ability that you have to, to set the groundwork for information transfer, right? Going to other folks. So you're always like really free about sharing that knowledge. And I think I've also heard you say, it's our responsibility to share that knowledge. Uh, did you have a mentor that taught you that, or where did that come about? Well, a, a whole bunch of old people adopted me. And uh, when I was a punk loser kid out of trouble, I knew I didn't know stuff. And I started asking questions, and people would start talking to me, and I started listening to them. I had no idea that they turned out to be the legends in the industry. And so I was adopted by by the giants. And it, it dawned on me that um, they took me in because they were taught by other people. And so they said, you know, young Joseph, we're going to die. We have to tell you everything before we're dead. And part of the deal is, is before you die, you tell everything we've told you and everything you've learned. I got that. Okay. So, yeah, so it's, I, I view it as a responsibility that our generation needs to explain and tell the lessons that we learned to the next generation and each generation after that. That's part of the deal. None of this is supposed to be a secret. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough that when I was young, I knew I wasn't that smart. And I looked for people that were smarter than me. And I found people that were smarter than me and, and invested time in me. And now it's my turn. No, that's amazing. I think I've learned a phrase from you via other people. They talked about being a curator of information. And I think you started that many years ago. And I love that line because, again, it really resonates with, with your message of having to carry things on. I want to ask you what you feel the difference is between the building science culture of today compared to when you started and when Building Science Corp began. Well, what's what's changed is that we've done more stupid stuff. And, <laughs> no, no, really. And, and, <laughs> Thank and, you. And no, look, um, we're not a 
proactive bunch. We're a reactive bunch. Things become intolerably bad, and then we change. And what building science wasn't a big deal because not everything sucked. Now things have gotten real bad, and we've had to intervene and understand. I, I think I said that one of my favorite quotes about America comes from Winston Churchill, who said Americans can always be counted upon to do the right thing after all of the alternatives have been exhausted. Well, that's what's happening in building physics, building science. We're now fixing things because so many things have gone bad. I never get a call saying, Joe, things are going great. Let's have a beer. I, I don't get that call. My call is, it's the end of the world. The vamp is here. You're, ah, you know, calm, calm down. Take a volume. Tell me, you know, your, your, your story. So, again, we get to be here today to kind of finish off the event. We get inspiration from your message today about what is good. Both Mark and I, again, we are kind of wood. We got, we got brought up on wood, so we, we do share the, the path that wood is a great solution. What are other areas that you find inspiration in your career? Because, I mean, you've been an inspiration for a lot of people for many years. It, what are things that you're looking forward to that you're looking forward to either researching or looking for or explaining or telling another story that, you know, recently you've, you've kind of picked up and you want to, you know, share more of a story? Well, one of the great phrases is build tight, ventilate. Right. This is not a Canadian phrase. Canadians stole it from the Swedish guy. But the point is, is we build an enclosure extremely well. We don't really know how best to ventilate. And so we tend to overventilate the building simply because we're, we're nervous. The technology revolution that's occurring is we're going to be able to actually measure contaminants accurately. So the idea is we're not going to, we will ventilate according to need. Mm. I mean, and up to now you can't have to have a gas chromatograph and thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of stuff. You can now what's happening is the next generation of, of, of sensors will be less than a thousand dollars. I mean that sounds like a lot, but it's 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 chump change. We'll be able to measure the contaminants in the space and then dilute those contaminants based on what we're measuring. Now, the remaining argument is going to be is what's an acceptable or unacceptable level. Of course, there's going to be no consensus, and you should only listen to me. <laughs> well, again, there's a great about having the data, having the right devices, and then always thinking about what Joe says. Well, the, look, the other, the other point is, is that remember when we had, you know, thermostat police where we would basically – take away the control of the thermostat from the person. What a stupid concept. Well, a lot of the indoor air quality people say, well, we, we need to, you know, people are too stupid to figure out, you know, what to ventilate at. And I'm going to say, screw that. I, I want to give control of the ventilation stat to people. People are not stupid and they should control the ventilation rate. I don't want a bunch of, you know, silly ass committee people that are trying to pimp and push, you know, product or technology. So build your building, provide a ventilation system, provide the ability to measure things, and then give control of the system to the occupant. So some of the things you've done that we all appreciate is again that mentorship. So I'd love to know like where did the idea of having the summer camp and being able to think about, I mean, there's a lot of my mentors 
have been there and have visited, had conversations. And I think of the legacy of just that collaboration before collaboration was even a word. It was just about bringing the tribe together and, and being able to connect with people. Where did you conceive that idea? And then how did it just become like the thing you did every summer? And that's what you guys did. We got, I was doing work. I was successful. And I got employees. And the idea is, well, you know, I want to teach employees. And so the idea is, well, you know, we need to send them to a conference or a good conference or two to basically learn from from good people. And I realized, well, that conferences actually kind of suck because, you know, a, a speaker is only allowed maybe 20 minutes. And, and, and that isn't enough time. And they're not actually allowed to tell you what product or material yeah. they're actually dealing with. So, you know, to find out that, you know, sample A and sample B and sample C are, you have to, you know, get them in a bar and have a drink. Yeah. So I, I, I figured out as well, geez, you know, to send two of our new employees to a real conference and whatever is going to cost probably six or $7,000. And I figured, well, well, what can I do for six or $7,000? So I, I called up the guy that taught me. I called up, you know, Gus Handegard. I said, you know, professor, wow. you know, you know, what can you teach us? And, and can you teach us everything in two days? And he says, no, I can teach you everything. I think you might be able to learn in two days. Wow. And I, I said, well, well, what's it going to cost? And he says, well, it's about $10,000. And I said, I said, great, good, good deal. Well, I had seven thousand dollars budgeted, and I figured, well, geez, I'm going to have Handigard for two or three days. So I sent out a letter to ten people saying, hey, can you send me five hundred bucks and come and listen to to Handigard? And if I get ten people for five hundred dollars, I'm going to have five thousand dollars. I'll be able to. Yeah, cover the deal. Buy a few hot dogs. Exactly. So, so, I got. I sent out ten letters. I got twenty checks. And so the first day, um, you know, I, I told everybody, "Look, you know, if we've got, you know, twenty-five people. I got to give you some of the money back because this is supposed to just break even." One of the guys says, "You're you're a moron. Do you have any idea how difficult it was to get the money out of the company? There's no way we can." You know, spend the money on food and booze and everybody else, food and booze, food and booze. And so I said, okay, fine. So at lunch, I went and bought, you know, burgers and hot dogs and beer and booze. And I'm in the backyard on the first night and I'm grilling this stuff. And a guy comes up to me and says, you're pathetic. You're, you're drunk. You're burning stuff. There's hot dogs in the ground. I mean, this is your freaking embarrassment. And and I, I said, you know, you could do better. He says, well, yeah, anybody, you know, I said, well, here, take over. And 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 I said, who are you? And he says, my name is Pete Consigli. Now, I had no idea he used to run an Italian restaurant. And one of his friends who was there was a, basically an industrial hygienist was Jack Springson, who was famous. He put himself through school as a short order cook. So... Jack and Pete just took over and they cooked this 
freaking insane, spectacular meal. And, you know, the next day, I, you know, what's the budget? Here's the credit card, just you know, whatever. So another spectacular meal. And so Hanegard does this great presentation. And I, you know, at the end of the, the session, I ask everybody, well, do you want to do this again? And they says, yeah, but Pete and Jack have got to cook. <laughs> so we sent out 20 invitations the next year and we got 40 responses. We had, you know, Hugo Hens, who's the Gus Hanegard of Europe. And, and, and it suddenly dawned on me that we're in a small podunk place called Westford and nobody can, there's no place to go. So, you know, normally at a conference, you know, people go to 20, 30 restaurants and the group dissipates. Everybody's in my backyard interacting. And we realized that the presentations were secondary to the networking. And so, so year two was 40 people, year three was 100. And it, we maxed out at 500. We, we can't have any more than 500 because I want everybody to hear the same thing. So that's, that's the limit in the board, in the, in the hotel boardroom, or the hotel big room. Yeah. Well, why don't you have two or three tracks? It's, well, no, you don't understand. The important thing is everybody has to hear the same thing. They all have to be in the backyard at the same freaking time. They can't go anywhere. And they all talk. And it's absolutely awesome. You see, you got famous people talking to youngsters. And so, you know, summer camp is less, or the Western Symposium, but summer camp is less about the presentation. It's more about the networking, the fact that you get to communicate with legends that you normally won't communicate with. Now, what's happened? This is, we've had 25 of them. 25 years and the people we invite to speak are incredibly freaking nervous you know it's like well, well why we don't understand yeah the most the most famous people in the world are in the, are listening i gotta really up my game and i'm like relax they're oh no you don't understand i'm you know so you don't want to speak no i have to speak but i have to work at this and i'm like holy you know what has really changed so it turned out that it was the way that the Old masters get to communicate with the young up and up and up and comers, and it's all networking because we're all together. They, they don't they don't dissipate. And and part of the deal that we the part of the plan was I said that everybody that comes has to bring a youngster. And you know you're you're, you're old. You're gonna freaking die. Bring a youngster. If you don't bring a right youngster, you can't come. And so we have a twenty percent. Uh, turnover, mostly because people get old and die. <laughs> but the idea is that it's important that we bring the young. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of passing the the baton, the, the, informa- the in- information from one generation to the next. You know, Joe, great stuff. Well, again, great stories, but also the fact of you know I've now heard two, actually, yeah, three of your closing ceremonies and uh, the fact that you're able to keep it up to date and inspire us all. We're lucky to have people that have been able to, uh, again, do things in times where people were not doing it and then be able to take it to the next level. Again, first passive house in Illinois. I mean, it's a, it's a massive feat and then be able to uh, carry on the career that, that has happened with Fias and the growth of it all. And again, next year we're tapping into the new market with collaborating with different people. Well, on that note, we should wrap it up. So that is Mark and Sean 
kind of wrapping up Fiascon here on the last day. Fiascon 23 here in Houston, Texas. A big thank you to Joe for taking time out and again, being great mentors to us and to our individuals. And of course, to Zola Windows for the support of these series. I hope you enjoyed all of the bonus episodes that have gone on here in Houston. And uh, we'll see you at the next event. And keep enjoying the weekly Passivist podcast so that the Accelerator puts out every week. So enjoy, and we'll carry on seeking new knowledge and building things forward.